Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of TNCBA's Tips, Tricks, and How-Tos. No, it's not Halloween. I know I'm dressed up and I look like I'm about to go trick-or-treating. We are looking for some treats, though, these offshore treats. So as we're exactly making right. our transition from May into June, we're going to focus here. It's going to be like a session on offshore, everything offshore, and that's going to be our focus. And this week, we're going to be mainly talking about what is offshore, what does that even mean, you know. Again, these these videos, guys, are made, meant to be very basic at this point. We'll get into some deeper stuff as we go on into the, the next few months. And as we make oh, some yeah. videos this year, you know, we'll start to get into some more detail. But right now, we're, we're focusing a lot on the basics. And we're going to be talking about what is offshore, what am I even looking for when, I, when, when people are out there. I see them graphing around. I see them fishing, throwing at nothing. You know, it, it, it's hard for people sometimes to get into this offshore deal. Um, because I know a lot of people, they like to be able to cast at something that they can visually see. Oh yeah, it, it's it, it goes just against, hurts your head. Yeah, it goes against go, all the to, senses to not sometimes. Go and fish the bank, yeah. Um, to not go fish the bank. So we're focused on all things offshore. So let's talk about what offshore fishing is first and foremost. Offshore fishing means I am not casting to the visible bank. I am not casting to where the water line meets land. Okay. Oh, yeah. I am casting to a point that's underwater. I am casting to structure that I see on my graph. So as we talk about that simple key, we need to decide what the difference is between structure and cover, okay? Structure is the contour layout of the lake. And as we talk about the contour layout of the lake, we're talking about how the bottom lays, the, whether it breaks here, if it's a long sloping point, if it's a huge flat, that is structure. Then we talk about cover. There may be stumps. There may be laydowns. Uh, those types of things make up your cover aspect. So as we talk a lot right now, we're going to be focused in on structure, the way the bottom lays out. So offshore fishing really starts to come into play this time of year because as the bait gets finished up with the shad spawner, we just talked about that. Um, you can watch some of our other videos and see that uh, shad spawns have been going on on Douglas. We had a shad mm -hmm. spawn going on on Watauga whenever we fished up there for the club. The shad spawns kind of kind of be wrapping things up and once that happens, the shad are going to make a push out to deeper water. And during this time following that post spawn, Kelsey, those fish are going to go to their deepest points, right? Oh, yeah. They're going to be looking for that cooler water that's still very rich with oxygen. And it may be on some lakes 30 foot deep, almost 40 in some cases. Some places, yeah. And then maybe on our Tennessee River, which we're going to talk about kind of both. Uh, it might be a little bit shallower on those Tennessee River ledges and offshore humps. Um, but we're going to talk about that difference because we're going to Gunnersville here in the next week. Okay, this video is airing on Tuesday. Next week, we're going to be down on Gunnersville. Um, so we're going to look at the difference kind of between Douglas versus a Tennessee River Lake when it comes to offshore. But again, I'm following that bait out there. That bait's beginning to move. Now, don't, don't get caught up in the idea that that's the only place these fish go. Okay, yeah, you can get out there and get healthy really quick because there's schools of fish. You can catch multiple. Definitely. But there's still fish up on the bank always. Oh, yeah. You're still going to have a, a, a brim spawn, a bluegill spawn coming up and stuff. But we're going to key in on what is going to be this offshore deal. So as I talk about offshore, what I want you to think about here is I want you to think about um, th those contour lines. And mapping is huge here. And as you're looking at the screen that I have, um, you're going to be seeing these contour lines here on Douglas. And I'm not going to try to find some sneaky place or anything. We're going to focus on things that are, that are community holes right now. But as you look at this screen here, 
I'm looking for places where I know these fish spawn. I know that they've been uh, hanging around cover and different things with the shad spawn. And then I'm going to back myself out to an area. So let's just start with this pocket right here just below Dandridge. Okay, this area has fish that spawn in the back of this pocket. You know, and it's a known thing. They're here all the time. These little, these two little, it shows land here, but there's some buck brush there. There's some willows mm -hmm. sitting on that point. And if you go down there during the shad spawn time, this, these trees are loaded up with bait and they're loaded oh, up yeah. with bass. Okay. So I like to look around these trees during the shad spawn here. But then what I'm going to do is as that shad spawn starts to fade, I'm going to slide right out this point here. Now with your graphing, you're going to be checking that whole point because those fish aren't all going to just go boom right out there to the end. Yeah. Of it. Right, Kelsey? And you might find some fish moved up onto the side yeah. or and, still up a little bit shallow. Even in the mornings, they, they, they'll move up there and then slowly, gradually move their way out. I mean, we've right. seen it happen many, many times. And so that's why the graphing piece is so important is that as you're graphing around, you know, you don't want to just go look at one specific part of that point. You're going to be graphing that whole point uh, to see where those fish are at in that migration out. Now, does that mean that those fish are going to be there for days on end? If they're in that migration out, no. They might set up there that one day. They're, they're going to make their way out there towards the deepest part of that point. But especially on Douglas here, we're looking at these um, slower tapering points, these flatter points out here. Um, so as you can see, anywhere I see these tight contour lines, that means I've got a really steep, break mm -hmm. uh, and it also typically tells me that i've got some harder bottom because it's going to take yeah. some rock and stuff to really set that up so as i graph out through here what i typically like to do and um, hopefully you can see my mouth uh my cursor here but i'm going to idle out the nose of this point out to the end of it and then i'm going to start to zigzag back and forth across it okay and i'm going to be using my side imaging and my down imaging and i'm i need to get better with my side imaging and what i'm looking yes. at um, but my down imaging is what I, I really have 100% faith in. Uh, if I see those dots there, that's what I'm looking at. Okay. Yeah. So as you're graphing, you're, you're looking at, at, at an idle speed. You want to, you want to move as quickly as you can without distorting the picture. Okay. Uh, I would say nowhere, no more than five, six miles an hour at most. I would agree with you on that yeah. one. Like, it seems like if I got up above five or six, like, it seems like the picture's too fast. It starts yeah. to distort some things. Um, but some of the, it depends on your transducer. It depends on what uh, brand of electronics you have. Some of them like for it just to be a complete idle, just put into gear, nothing else going on. Some of them like a little bit more speed to make a little bit clearer image. So just play around with that and figure out what you what works best for you. Also, think about your sensitivity settings as you're out here graphing because if you have a really rocky bottom, let's talk about Cherokee for for instance, yeah. for a second, um, Cherokee is much more, there's a lot more rock out there. Yeah. These points on Douglas are, are pretty barren for the most it, part. It's a, it's a lot of gravel and yeah. more like river rock, just right. rolling rocks as to where Cherokee's so you, got a lot of jagged edges yeah, to it. Yeah, a lot of that bigger limestone and stuff. So you may have to you may have to turn your sensitivity down a little bit if you're on the, some of those yeah. harder bottoms so that you can pick out those fish and it doesn't all blow out white on you. And one thing I remember most from fishing years with the BFLs and things mm -hmm. like that and fishing on Douglas, uh, I had a really good finish on one, one of those tournaments. One thing that the guy that I fished with told me, he said, hard bottom is what you want to find. Right. That, that, that is, that is key. It says, 
because you got to think about it that fish is nosing down at that bait right if they're on the bottom they're eating they're nosing down at that bait they're giving they want something they could pin it against yeah. if it's mud they can they wiggle their way to, out yeah they don't want to so so you want to you do want to focus on hard bottom so let's talk about a second what that might look like so you're out here graphing you're thinking about you're looking for fish on the bottom i'm going to show you all a picture here in just a second of what those what you're looking for on the graph itself um so you're graphing you're making your zigzags back and forth you're covering that point really really well uh, to see if there's fish out there um checking with your sensitivity uh you're for those hard spots so again i can see the break lines i can see my contours on my topographical map and i can see where they get closer that i have a steep break but if you're just looking for like a some river rock or a hard spot out on a flatter point you're looking for a wider return Mm -hmm. Okay, the wider the return, the harder the bottom is. That's why I said maybe on like a Cherokee, you might have to turn that sensitivity down just a little bit because you're going to get a lot of feedback off of that harder rock and it's going to be really blown out and white. But if I'm out here on Douglas and I'm looking for like some of these, they're on these clay points that are just really slow and gradual and I'm looking for that little bit of river rock that's out there, I'm going to have that sensitivity turned up a little bit and I'm going to be looking for that wider area, whether it's on my side imaging or even on my down imaging. If I see that wider bottom, I know I've got a harder spot than the stuff around it. Same thing with, with Gunnersville. Mm -hmm. We said we were going to kind of compare the two. Of course, in Gunnersville, you know, it's a lot of silt outside of that river oh, channel. Yeah. But what you're looking for are shell beds. shell beds. So same key on Gunnersville. If I'm idling down the edge of, of the, the channel and I'm going down the edge of the ledge, I might see on my side imaging, it, it's just just dull, 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 and all of a sudden there's a bright white spot. Yeah. That's where your shell bed's at. Um, and you can save yourself a lot of time as you start to locate these areas and you see where those hard spots are, and you can kind of go back to those. So let's jump back over here to our um, overlay with Douglas. So again, I'm going to be working my way out through these points. I'm going to be graphing them very closely and looking at what it is that I see out there. And again, I would love to see bait fish, and I definitely want to be looking for uh, fish specifically on these points. But as I said, start with places you know where they spawn. Oh, yeah. That's going to help you out with locating uh, these really solid points in these really good areas. Because as you work your way back out, you know that those fish are back there, and they're just going to migrate back out to that deeper water. So if you know they've spawned back there, you know you have a high percentage area of where they're going to be. So I'm looking for these points, these long tapering points. There's another one here next to it as well. Okay, and you're just going to simply be graphing these, check your speed, check your sensitivities, adjust those. So on a place like Douglas, those long tapering points back out towards the main channel. Now, with that being said, okay, what are you looking for whenever you are fishing out here? Well, oh, yeah. this is what you're looking for, guys. As you can see on the screen here, these dots and Jacob Wheeler has explained it the best. You can go watch his videos on wired to fish and on different things. Um, turtles on a log, yep. you know, the, the, the largemouth bass like to, to get very lateral. Okay. Yeah. They like to move around. If you start to see fish stacking up really tall in a, in a vertical line, you're talking about perch or you're talking about crappie, you know, your, your white bass, your white like bass that. and stuff. They really like to stack. So as I'm out there idling, I'm looking for these fish to be in a horizontal pattern. And again, there might be some white bass mixed in with some of this, but look at how these fish are very, very lateral. All of it, they're, they're along that bottom there. They're not stacked up too high. Um, and then you can see here kind of the baits, and we're going to get into that later. Uh, Kelsey's going to be talking about that in another uh, tips, tricks, and how-to. We'll get into that arsenal and what you rotate through. 
but you're looking for these dots on that down down mm -hmm. imaging. Side imaging is going to be a little bit different story of what exactly you're looking for and how you can tell what you're looking at. And again, I've still got a lot of room to oh, grow yeah. on the side imaging piece. But if you see something like this, if you see these fish just dotted along the bottom, that that's typically money. Okay. Oh, yeah. You want them on the bottom. If you start seeing them suspended up, the higher up there they get suspended. Kind of goes back to what I was saying. What I've learned about yeah. fishing deep is when the fish are on the bottom, they're eating. When yes. they're suspended, they're gonna be they're gonna be harder to catch. Yes. They always are. And you can still get those to bite. Yeah. But those are not those are gonna require you to spend some more time. Yes. And you're gonna have to trick those fish into biting. Nine times out of ten, if they are on the bottom, they have those fish pinned. Right. They're they're after them. Right. It's it's just like when they when they're coming up on top. Yep. It's the same concept. They have nowhere else to go. They yep. know that, so that's where they go after them. Good. So that, that's an excellent of, point. So again, if I if I pull out there and graph. And I see them lined across that bottom like that. Dunk, 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 dunk. I'm turning that motor off. We're, we're fishing. We're, we're making cash. If I see them sitting up here in the water column, I may come back later and check. And there's a few things that can play into that. Your weather conditions. Okay. We don't have a lot of current on Douglas, typically, whether it's by wind yeah. or something like that. As far as just flow through the lake, we don't have a lot of current. All right. So the current plays, but not like it does down on a Chickamauga or a Gunnersville. Yeah. So if I get some wind, it might position those fish just right. The other thing that's big is sunlight. Okay. A lot of times we, we have mostly thread fin and stuff, but that thread fin or for the gizzards, sunlight will push those fish mm -hmm. down to the bottom. So if you get a nice sunny day, sometimes that's some of the best fishing you'll find oh, yeah. offshore. Especially when it gets hot. Because it'll push those bait down to the bottom. And then like Kelsey said, those fish are hanging out down there. That's when they're feeding. So on a lake like Gunnersville, if I get a nice sunny day, I'm going to be looking for those. I'm definitely going to be keen on those offshore places because those gizzards are going to be pushed down on the bottom and those fish are going to be feeding up on them down there. Those fish are just like us. They're looking for shade. They're, <laughs> they they're, are. they're getting down out, away from it and stuff. Yeah, that sun pushes them down. But then on a Gunnersville, I'm really going to be paying attention to my current more than anything. Yes. Because when they turn on those generators on the Tennessee River, those fish know it's time to feed. It gets the, the bait fish position in the right place on that ledge or on that point that you're on, and then the bass know to go. Um, if you get out there, typically what you'll see on a place like Gunnersville, if, if there's not a lot of flow at that time, you'll see them suspended up. Yeah. And that's when you need to go to that TVA app and you need to be looking around to see, okay, when are they going to start pulling water? So a lot of times in the summer, they pull more water towards um, different parts of the day, depending on how much energy is being consumed, how much electricity is being used. But again, pay attention to that generation schedule on your TVA lakes uh, all the time. Like I said, on a Douglas, mm, it may not play as much because the, the, there's not as much flow. It's not as noticeable yeah. as it might be down there on a lake like Gunnersville. But again, where you're looking is going to be similar. We're looking for these points that are running out towards the main lake. Okay, and I'm going to pull this overlay back up. So on Douglas, we have these long tapering points out here um, that these fish are going to migrate back out. They're going to be sitting out there on the end of those points. Um, and, and from my experience, they'll move a little bit. They don't move much. Once they no. get out there where they're going, on, on lakes like Douglas, they seem to set up pretty, pretty steady until the yeah. school gets busted up. Yeah. But on a lake like Gunners, let's run down here down the Tennessee River. And guys, mapping is so important. That's one thing that I'm going to encourage you in this as we're just kind of breaking the ice with offshore. Spending the money on mapping 
is important because you've got to be able to see it while you're out there. Yeah, you can you can have your your paper map, you can have uh, your iPhone, which now iPads are getting more common on yeah. on these boats. But having it on your chart so that while you're driving around you can see it is a big big deal. So let's run down here to Gunnersville a little bit. So as I look at Gunnersville, and we're going to just dive into let's dive into Seabold Creek here a little bit because um, this one's got some obvious stuff to look at. Yeah. We know that Seabold Creek's a very well known creek. You get into the back of these creeks, these fish are going to be spawning in some of these pockets. They're going to be spawning in these flats. But as I'm looking for areas where they're going to start to migrate back out, I'm going to be looking again for, as this creek channel, you can see it here, the dotted lines as it twists and turns through this lake and then eventually dumps back out here. Mm -hmm. This is going to be the mouth of that creek. Okay. So as I'm looking here, I can see some areas that are going to get hit heavy by the current. Yep. And eventually those fish are going to get out there. But where are some areas that they might stop along the way? Because right now in the early part of June, they may not have made that huge migration oh, yeah. all the way out there yet. So you can see here very quickly by just looking, you see some hard drops. And that's what I really like to look for is anywhere I can find some hard drops that these fish are going to be offshore. Yeah, you're going to look like you're out in the middle of the lake here. But right here is a peak that this Navionic says is sitting in five or six foot of water there on top. And you can see that there's a channel that runs by it. Same thing right here. You can see here that that channel heading out comes over and kisses this hump right here before it gets on out here to its final drop-off point. So as you're looking at your mapping and you're graphing these areas, I'm looking for these high spots and I'm definitely looking at them near the channel. And I'll zoom out a little bit better. It's easier to see that channel running by this creek here, Seabold Creek in these pockets. But again, work your way back in. You see where the creek channel is that they might follow and they're gonna use these edges as stopping points for you to, to pinpoint. You're looking for small places, okay? Uh, that's one thing I like a little bit about offshore. Like, you're really you're not looking down this whole two-mile yeah. stretch of bank. Yeah. You're looking for small places out here on the You can breaks. be more precise and cover more water that way. Yes, uh, yes. I do feel like it's more it's a more efficient way of looking at it. You can do a lot of study before you ever get yeah. to the lake by doing it this way, and that's the nice thing. But again, that's your difference. We go on down here towards the town of Gunnersville. Okay, you've got some points down here that are heading back out. But again, you see these high spots. I'm looking for these tight contours. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got some other good things here, road beds that are running along these points as well. So again, offshore, I'm looking at structure, the lay of the bottom of the lake. We're not talking about cover. We're not talking about trees or stumps or anything like that. Now that might be out there when you look, and that might oh, be yeah. a recipe for perfection if you find some of those extra key pieces. But right now, as you're looking at your maps and as you're doing your study, pay attention just to the contour. Follow those creek channels back out. Look for those, those high spots where you see some steep breaks. I want them up there on top. Okay, I want yeah. them up there on the dinner plate. I don't want them off the side, but that steep break means that if they get disturbed if they get upset they can slide off into that they deeper got a place water. to hide they can get out of that okay so that's what you're looking for now last thing before we move on the garb okay why in the world well you get out here offshore this time of year it's getting hot guys and one thing that you do not want to do is wear yourself out unnecessarily oh, yeah. you're already gonna be fishing in some heat i know people say i go night fishing Everybody knows me. I'm not somebody that I don't like to night fish that much. <laughs> yes, you can go catch them at night, but I, I still prefer to go out there in the day no matter how hot it is. So protect yourself. I'm going to be wearing long sleeves, okay? 
these nice shirts. Well, you got them from Magellan. Yeah, yeah these these hoodies are great. They got hoodies. It's got, got the, the buff, buff built in. in. Okay. Got the uh, got the hood. So you got, got everything a hood to protect you. Whether you want to wear a wide brim hat like I am, the key is to keep that sun off of you. It's going to dehydrate you. It's going to zap you, zap the energy. And if you're down there, like we're going to be for Gunnersville for multiple days, oh yeah, you need to save up as much energy as you can. The sun gloves. You want to make sure that you're wearing a pair of sun gloves that have a good grip to the bottom. I know that like some of the monkey gloves, I believe it is, yeah. has uh, has like a cutout in the middle. Even yeah. some of them to to still help you have some good uh, contact with your reel and stuff like that. But I promise you, people ask me, well, aren't you so much more hotter? I really am no. not. You know, it, I'm probably just as hot as somebody else where the sun's beating on their skin and stuff. Yeah. And well, I mean, it's like my wife, she asked me, why are you wearing long sleeves? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, it's, I hate sunscreen. Yeah. This, this, this is a very breathable material. Yeah. It's comfortable. It's it, the wind just blows right through it, and I feel like it keeps me cooler. I, it, I really do feel yeah. like it does keep me cooler. So keeping that sun off of you is going to be a big deal while you're out there fishing, guys. But again, our focus this month is going to be offshore, offshore tactics, what you're looking for, what you're looking at. Uh, if you got questions, post them down there in, in the comments, and we can get maybe to those, add them into the videos that we have coming up, or respond to those comments for y'all. But guys, offshore is very fun once you learn how to do it. Um, but again, it's not the end all be all. There's still fish up there on the bank. You can catch them shallow. Their pros are proving that every year. Oh yeah. Um, but it's something I enjoy. I love going out there, the hunt to look for them, oh, yeah. find them it's... and then be able to fire at them. So guys, I hope y'all have enjoyed this tips, tricks and how to's on the next one. We'll be talking about tactics and baits that you can use to go after those fish out there off the shore in some of that deeper water. Guys, we'll catch you on the next one. See ya. See ya.